0: Hey guys, welcome to the Type 1 Lifting Podcast. I have a very uh, amazing guest. Her name is Brittany Varis, and uh, I've known her for roughly about two years, I believe. We met at Shoah when we were working together, and um, she's a nutritionist, and so I kind of wanted to get her side of the nutritional, her nutritional background and get and figure out, like learn a little bit more of how she does her job. So welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me. It's fantastic. I
0: appreciate it. So uh, first question is, so um, how long have you been a diabetic?
1: I was diagnosed in 95, so that's almost 25 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 25 years.
0: Wow. Is that the right math? I think so. I
1: think that's right. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a hot minute.
0: Yeah. So how how did you find out when you got diagnosed? Uh,
1: You know, kind of like the classic little kid um, diagnosis: losing a lot of weight, really tired, eating everything in sight, um, peeing all the time. Um, the thirst was out of control, and, and finally, we went to the doctor and did a finger stick, and uh, got to go home and pack up, and then go to the hospital. So I spent, um, I think, three days there. But it was, it's pretty standard. Nothing crazy. No DKA, passing out, anything like that. It was just not doing
0: well yeah so. that was the same thing with me when I got diagnosed too it was like I just lost so much weight and even why yeah. you know, like and I get it so late so I wasn't even expecting it either so at 34 you know getting it so yeah wow yeah yeah.
1: I had a cousin just get diagnosed and she's 27 same thing it was like she just lost a bunch of weight and finally when got checked in on
0: so yeah it's crazy yeah it's super interesting so um what was it like for you like growing up as a diabetic so as a young age
1: well I mean the early mid 90s treatment was really different there was really I know insulin pumps existed but they were not widely accessible Um, so the approach was you eat this at the same time every single day forever because you took food in to match your insulin versus how we do it now which is you take insulin to match your food So, um, you know, everything kind of shifted to just be really, um, prescriptive. Nothing changes. If you're starving too bad, this is what you're eating. If you're super full too bad, this is what you're eating. Um, so it was really strict, uh, no CGMs, none of that kind of stuff. So my poor mom had to get up a lot and check my blood sugar and it's just really different. Mm -hmm. You know, and then I, I got a pump in 1999 in high school and it was the most liberating amazing thing to like just eat it was so cool um so yeah that was really transformative but early 90s diabetes care was just kind of like this is what you're doing Mm -hmm. yeah candy no sweets good luck
0: yeah so so with the pump when you felt like really liberated so did you go like did you go ham on like junk food for a little while or did you kind of (laughs) like you know how did how did that go
1: yeah, I mean, I feel I feel like my answer wants to be no, of course not. I just ate, but it was high school, and I just switched from being kind of like, okay, I eat what I'm supposed to, to I can eat out of the vending machine, I eat all this fried food. Uh, yeah, I went a little crazy, but it was high school, you know, I didn't even notice. It was just like... Beep beep beep! Plug it into the pump.
0: Mm-hmm. Keep on going. Yeah, and and what were your friends saying like while, while while you were on the pump? Like were they like, oh, can I like push the buttons or like how does it work?
1: No, you know I don't think a lot of people asked. You just I just just tell them, oh, you know I have diabetes, this is my pump, and they're like, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, let's gossip. Like nobody cared about it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so
1: yeah, high school high schoolers just they had bigger things to talk
0: about. Yeah. Yeah, my so I I'm I'm still on the pen. I don't use the pump or anything like that. So yeah. my my wife always wants to stab like stab me like with taint with my insulin. She's like, can I just can I can I do it this time? This time can I do it? And I'm like, no no no. And I if if I'm driving and I need to take insulin, I'll have her do it like right in the shoulder or something like that. And like you know sometimes she'll get that little sweet spot and you like kind of <laughs> flinch a little bit. You're like, uh, and she's like, oh did I get you? And I'm like, yeah that kind of hurt a little bit so. <laughs>
1: have you seen the new pens that calculate the active insulin no it's cool it's just like a normal pen except for and this is one of the benefits of the pumps is that it'll tell you like hey you don't need this much insulin you've already got this much and you're running this low or whatever um but now the pens will do it i think it tracks it via an app
0: okay i don't know that interesting it's cool yeah Really cool. Yeah, because I, I actually I have my I started my first CGM. It's the the Libre. Like I started I, I, I started a second time because the first time I got like really stressed and it was like all over the place. And I take insulin. Then I check five minutes later and take more insulin. Then bottom out. And it was just yeah, it was just I was too stressed out. And then my my neighbor who had it like he's a type one diabetic and um cool. yeah he he gave it to me. He's like here I got three sensors if you want it. And I, my my uh, phone has. The app where i can scan it and yeah you know and it's it's been been helpful and so but i've there's been a couple times where like it says i'm low but i check my blood sugar it's like normal so you know it's like, uh, it's yeah. like a 15 minute delay so
1: Have, do you think you'll try like the dexcom after or uh a lot of data.
0: yeah i mean it, it. the only problem is the price of it because with my insurance yeah. So I'm not yeah. I'm not blowing seven hundred dollars right off the bat and especially I need a new car as we speak, so <laughs> yeah, so it's gonna yeah, I I can't do it. And even like the monthly prices for all the rest of the supplies, it's like it's I can't do it. So
1: well, you know, and one, we've been doing it without those machines forever. Yeah. And two, like it can be kinda like you're talking about with the Libre, it can get to be so much data we're just like obsessive about it. So, I find myself like watching the trend, and I'm like, "Is it going down yet? Is it going down yet And you just kind of so it can be i don't okay, let me take it back. there's some freedom in not having the constant barrage,
0: of, mm-hmm.
1: but I tend to go low at night, so I like it to manage that part so
0: yeah 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 i i i rare i I don't really go low that much unless I take too much insulin on me when I'm eating, but like yeah. usually I typical like. 100 to you know 150 or something like that the whole t- whole day so that's a dream. I know but like there was there's a couple of years I was like really bad so I was like eating like an a-hole and just like oh I'll have all these tr- sweets and stuff like that you know I'm fine and then my a1c went up and then I'm trying to get it back down so yeah, yeah.
1: It,
0: we all go through that I think that's normal yeah it's like diabetes teen years
1: we all have them yeah like, well my, mine was in my 30s so <laughs> it doesn't matter yeah. when the diabetes starts you got to your little honeymoon and then you have like the teens and then it's like oh, okay I should I should
0: care yeah, <laughs> yeah. so um, so you you're now a registered dietitian is that is that the, the proper you know wording or your, your certificate certification
1: yeah yeah well so I'm a registered dietitian which is kind of it's similar to how doctors go through training like we've got to get the education do a year of residency pass all our licensing exams blah 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 but they recently changed um the title that you could be a registered dietitian nutritionist if you needed to be because people don't understand the difference between the two Mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah people like what's a dietitian versus nutritionist i know what nutrition is so we can tack it on to the end but um anyway long answer short yeah i'm a registered
0: dietitian. Okay. Well, so so what made you get into that field?
1: Well, nutrition was a career change. I started college, I think like most people start college with no idea of what they want to do, and then I got funneled into a major, and I was like, oh, okay, this is what I do now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really wanted to work with diabetes, and I realized if I didn't have any type of clinical training, it was going to be impossible, so... Um, I started out kind of in a career more in like the digital advertising agencies, a little bit of writing, that kind of stuff, and then moved into some public health work, and while that was going on is when I started to go back to school for nutrition, Mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, I, I just didn't want to spend my life doing a career I didn't love, you know, and I, and being a dietitian gives me the clinical access to work with people with diabetes, and then a whole host of other stuff. So yeah, it's it's been phenomenal.
0: Yeah. So you, your your path was pretty much like like you said before, like the 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 years of experience in college, then your residency, and then like anything else like after or. Were...
1: Well, I did undergrad, traditional undergrad, grad school in public health, and then I went back and did another undergrad, and that was nutrition. Okay. So, I was a 30 year old studying with 20 year olds, (laughs) which was fun. And then I was a 33 year old training with 21 year olds in the hospital. But Mm -hmm. um, those people are lucky. You know, they figured out what they wanted to do early and just got into it.
0: And
1: more power to them is great. But yeah, so. Um, that's kind of the progression: is you
0: got to do the degree, the training, and then sit for the exams. Okay, yeah. So, what are the opportunities that you've seen, or what you can do with with your, your certification? Oh my gosh! Tons, Clinical tons dietitian.
1: You know, you work in the hospital. You work for clinics. You work for gyms. You work for um, community centers, food service, schools, universities. Everything. It is dietitians are everywhere. They're in human resources. They're at, like I said, the university. I work in the student health clinic at Emory. Um, they're the people that make sure that you're doing okay if you have a stroke and you need tube feeding, mm-hmm. or you know, it, we're just there's a lot of part. I mean, there's food is everywhere, and it's a thing that we all need to be surviving. So if there's anything that touches food or
0: nutrition, we are likely there. Okay, awesome, very cool. Yeah. So, what are the typical clients that you usually deal with? Like, do, I know you deal with like the stuff in Emory, but do you deal like, with like, any people like outside of like the hospital setting or?
1: Yeah, I have a private practice where I see clients individually. Um, so most of the people that I see either have weight management that they'd like to do, either gain or loss. Um, and then I do since I do have type 1 diabetes, that's a niche of mine. Mm-hmm. I work with a lot of people with type 1 because it's tough to find providers with type 1. Um, so I have a few clients with like that, but most of it's traditional weight loss, muscle gain. Um, I get a few endurance athletes trying to improve time, you know, work on energy. And then my other kind of specialty is, uh, plant-based vegan nutrition. And so I can help people navigate either transitioning
0: or enhancing vegan, vegetarian, uh, diets. Okay. So what, how was how is a typical vegetarian diet or vegan diet that you, prescribe to your clients because i'm i'm kind of like interested in that because i've never i've done like vegetarian for like a little bit but like for like a year or two but i've never done like the vegan or anything like that but i don't know if i can stay away from meat but i love to learn like the the side of like the vegan and uh vegan side
1: yeah well i mean i get it meat is delicious i have only been doing plant-based vegan nutrition maybe for seven or eight years now but um it's the same principles for everybody, right? Like whether you're going to eat meat or not, you still need a protein source. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times if you're transitioning from vegan, well, excuse me, if you're transitioning from like an omnivore diet to vegetarian vegan, we do a lot of education about, okay, what are those protein sources for you now? But really across the board, no matter the diet, the biggest issue is people's food quality. It's typically overprocessed. We've got a lot of added fat, sugar, salt, And we've got a lot of nutrition that's been taken away Mm -hmm. and so the biggest learning curve is identifying the unprocessed versions of those foods so if you're used to grabbing um i don't know whole grain bread which is fine by the way whole grain bread is great but if we wanted to get to a more whole food version of that it's like okay do you know what the other sources of carbs are that are good good carbohydrates so potatoes quinoa fruit all that stuff so um you know it doesn't really matter where you're coming from as long as the food quality is really high high nutrition gym that's what we're focusing on
2: mm-hmm.
0: so okay very cool very cool so do you are you like a big fan of like sweet potatoes for everyone or then other than like regular potatoes or like how's that uh <laughs> i know it <laughs> varies
1: potato. but i know well they've got different nutrient profiles right like the color of that sweet potato indicates it's got lots of vitamin a otherwise a potato without it just you know, is a different nutrient profile. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really matter. The thing to keep in mind with potatoes is you got to keep the skin on because okay, um, skin is where all the nutrition is, where all the fiber is. Fiber is the queen, king, whatever the top echelon here is. Fiber is the king, queen of nutrients. So if you got lots of natural sources of fiber, it's all good to me, okay. you know. So all potatoes, all good, all the time.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so with with your with your cl- clinic that you have, is, is it like remote coach? Is it like remote, like coaching, or is it like in person? Or what do you what do you typically do for your clientele? Yeah.
1: Well, before all the coronavirus stuff, I have an office over in Inman Park, and so we'd meet one on one, which was great because we could also do body comp. You mm-hmm. know, get their muscle mass, their fat, their water, all that good stuff. Um, and then since coronavirus, I started seeing people every, seeing everyone digitally in, I think, February or March, when it got real clear that we should not be seeing people. So yeah.
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, my poor office is just sitting empty. So um, both. But I think, you know, what's been really nice is that I've had a lot of clients who are maybe... 45 minutes to an hour outside of the perimeter. Okay. And they were like, we wouldn't have thought to reach out to you until now that everything's digital. So
0: I think it'll be something that continues into the future, um, regardless of what happens. Yeah. It's really nice. Yeah. You know? hmm Like a lot of Zoom calls and like, so what, yeah, it's, they're, they're interesting. So I actually, originally when I was doing these podcasts, I tried Skype, like I said before that I told you on the phone and it just did not work. And so I think zoom is like the way to go to like talking to people because of just the connection issues and all that stuff with Skype.
1: I know I was surprised. Like zoom was really ready. They were like waiting back in the sidelines, like ready to go coach. And then as soon as everything hit the fan, here they came. Yeah. Uh, There's a conspiracy theory for you, but um, yeah, I thought I was a big fan of Skype before, but I never needed digital connectivity like
2: this, mm-hmm.
1: you know, and like FaceTime and Google duo, it's, the quality is not as
0: good. Yeah. It's tricky. Yeah. Well, did you see that Instagram started a new, like kind of multiple people and on one screen? Deal? Oh no.
1: Yeah. I think Facebook, well, Facebook owns Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I saw, I think I saw the Facebook
0: version. Yeah. They have like an edit now on Instagram. You can connect, I suppose they connect with a whole bunch of people. Like me, like you and me, and then like like five other people or whoever amount, and like you could be on one screen and just like shoot the breeze and talk. So,
1: on your computer, it has to be mobile.
0: I think it can be mobile on your phone.
1: That's pretty
0: cool. Yeah, yeah, I was pretty surprised they put that out there, but that's one av- mean, that's one avenue you could use.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know, well, I like the computer because my hands can be free. So you do a lot of like. Portion size. and like, this is a protein. Yeah. People might not be able to see that, but I've got
0: like my hand up. The size of a palm is protein. So I need like the hand gestures. Yeah, yeah. That's the way to go. Yeah, I need, I need, I need hand gestures too. Because usually when I talk to people, I'm always like just swinging my hands around and stuff. Right. So. <laughs> the floor, like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, when you're starting with a new client, like, how, what is the process? How, how do you do? With, like, what's the process on starting a new client, or if they're like a right fit for you?
1: Uh, Well, if people reach out, we do a lot of kind of deeper intro where it's like, hey, tell me about what your vision is. What are you interested in? What brought you to this moment? Because I think the thing that's really important to consider is why now, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you've had this in the back of your mind forever, but what pushed you to reach out right now? Because even thinking about it or, or starting the conversation with me is the first step towards change. Once you start thinking about it, the wheels are in motion. So Um, To make sure it's a good fit for me, though, I really want to make sure I understand what they're expecting. Um, Some people really want me to tell them exactly what to be eating every hour, every minute of the day. Mm -hmm. And my approach is more about, I'm going to teach you how to apply this in real time because I don't think it's reasonable for you to eat the same thing. I do provide meal guidelines and I will provide recommendations for the day, but I'm not going to tell you eat half a grapefruit and a yogurt for breakfast. Then you have your shake. That's not my style. Mm -hmm. I'd rather do like real world stuff. So I just want to make sure that people get that. Yeah. Um, And I think it, it makes a difference with my clients because if they're like, yeah, no, I want to learn. I want to be better. I need to be able to do this. I know that they're serious. Mm hmm. If you just want a meal plan, well, you might lose that weight with that meal plan, but when that meal plan is done, you're cycled back, because you didn't actually learn anything.
0: Yeah, you know? Yeah. And it's also with those re- restriction diets, too. Like, there'll be restriction, yeah. and they lose ton of weight, and then they get back on the regular foods they're eating, and they just blow right back up again. You know? Right. It, and then
1: they're, like, super depressed. And, yeah, it's, like, such a bummer. Um, I don't like, like, the weight cycling. And weight cycling can totally mess your metabolism up, and... You know, I think what's important to remember is that your metabolism is like this living entity. We've got to be feeding it and nourishing it and nurturing it. And if you're just like, I'm gonna plow past that and do what I need to do with restriction, and then jack it back up, you know, it's not,
0: it's not good. Yeah, and it's also like those people on The Biggest Loser. They lose all that weight on the game show, and then they then it it comes back. They they gain the weight back, like ninety five percent of them
1: yeah there's a um I was just reading um you ever heard of intuitive eating
0: no actually I haven't
1: it's interesting um so anyway I was just reading up on intuitive eating trying to brush up and they talk about the biggest losers and how the things that they do are so extreme it can't be um repeated and then also um a lot of times if you if you are that heavy you've got the capacity to gain that weight back much easier than if somebody else mm-hmm. because you've had like the fat cells don't disappear, yeah. they shrink. Yeah. And that's really that's a bummer too, because you're setting them up to like celebrate this great loss and then it's like, all right, see ya <laughs> like,
0: yeah. yep.
1: like their lives only mattered for the show. And I it's yeah, that show trips me up.
0: Yeah. Well and also there's a money aspect to it too. So they're gonna go gung ho. And if, and if you look at the guys like at the end of the show like if you look at their skin their face it's like super droopy and it they just don't look good i mean they've lost all the weight but they just it, it they don't look good whatsoever so uh, which is undernourished yeah which is sad so unreal wow. but they're creating their
1: own problems
0: yes true I mean. true so um so i have a quick question with macros so like this is yeah. one of the aspects i want to learn so How do you deal with, like, giving somebody a certain set of macros or, like, you know, obviously, if, like, they want to do weight gain or, or, like, lose weight, like, what kind of macros do you want them to hit, like, for, per day or, you know, or whenever?
1: Yeah, well, okay, so, macros, to get the macros, and I assume... most people listening probably know what they are but those are the nutrients that we need in the largest amounts is the carbs proteins fats the things that give us water or water things that give us energy and then we also throw water in there as like a side macro because we need a lot of it um but to figure that stuff out we get kind of a base range of what are your needs right and that's based on your mass like how big are you what are you doing what are your goals and then once i've got an idea of how much energy you're expending then I can calculate the macros. So, the really average macro percentages are 50% from carbs, 20% from protein, 30% from fat. That's like baseline standard. And honestly, if you're doing a high quality diet, those can just kind of be what they need to be, your body will work it out.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but any so if you've got a goal to gain muscle mass, I know everybody's like, I'll just jack the percentage of protein up, and that'll solve everything. Well, one, protein doesn't build muscle mass without the work, right? Mm -hmm. You can't just eat protein. It's like trying to build a house, but you didn't send any workers. Like, you're giving it all the materials. Yeah. What's happening? Yeah. So it's got to be a combo. But then the other part of it, and this is tricky, is that if you don't eat carbohydrate the protein will be converted into a form of carbohydrate so your body's like "Ooh, you're not giving me this like good quick energy source which is what carbs are Mm -hmm. Um, i'll just take the protein that you had set aside for muscle and i'll use that to fuel whatever i'm doing so we've got to eat carbs to spare protein to do all that good repair work Mm -hmm. um so anyway you know i've got there's vegan bodybuilders who do an 80% carb, 10% fat, 10% protein, which is just like mind-boggling to people. But that's a really strong testament to it's it's less about the percentage and less about the calories and more about the quality.
0: Quality of food, yeah.
1: It's it's always going to be that and and even the carb sources, sweet potatoes, quinoa, rice, whatever, they have protein in them. You know, protein gives structure to things carbs have that Mm -hmm. so we're not you know if you get rid of all the meat products and you're not even eating any strong plant-based sources even eating a variety of things will start to give you the protein that you need but there's a whole bunch of debate about you know do we need 5 percent 10 percent that standard 20 percent is 40 percent better for bodybuilding i've seen them all work yeah all worked so it's less about um hitting it perfectly and more about the quality and how do you feel if you feel restricted, you're once you make like once you make a food forbidden, that's all you want, mm-hmm. right? So we got to think about how we work that in. Think about the quality, but um, I don't know. That's you know, macros are are funny. Tweaking them is fun. I do that for a lot of clients because they do want to know what's my what are my goals per day. So if I like if I'm gonna break down your macros, I'll try to break it down into something that's a bit easier than hitting grams. I'll try to break it into servings. I'll Mm -hmm. say, listen, if your protein goal is 80 grams of protein, well, that works out, you know, to four to five servings. And each serving is about 20 grams. This is what this looks like. Mm -hmm. So then we can get away from the numbers and more about getting used to looking at food and knowing, like, this is my clear protein source. It looks about the right size, but I'm not obsessing about it by tracking it to the number. Yeah, You can do that, but
0: it doesn't always work for everybody it depends mm-hmm. you know? yeah I, I i can't i mean i've tried doing the macros but it's like so hard i just like i just focus on the numbers and stuff like that i'd rather just eat you know some good whole foods and just you know be healthy and i don't like even if i'm going out to like ted's or like if anybody doesn't know what ted's is, it's a restaurant down in atlanta but um but like it's or delicious. a restaurant yeah it's really good uh, um, but like I don't want to stress over like what's on my plate and like I can't count it or I can't weigh it or what not it's just just yeah. eat it so
1: it takes away the joy of eating
0: yeah you yeah. know
1: it's tough to enjoy something if you're like oh my gosh how many calories are in this like if the quality is good there's nothing to worry about mm-hmm. well and my other thing is like make sure okay this is how I tell people to do it do you – is it clear that where this food originated from? Like if you showed it to a great, great, great grandparent, would they know that this is food? Or would they have a question about it? And if they have a question, that's a warning flag. Mm-hmm. It's been too processed. And the second thing is are there any veggies? Just eat some veggies. Any veggies, is get them in. Yeah. And that's usually enough.
0: Yeah. What do you think about those green powders with like all the veggies like mixed in the powder? Do you think those are effective at all or
1: – Well, I mean – Not really. I think it's like a nice placebo effect. Um, So here's why. Like, you know, if I'm going to replace nutrients that I would be getting from food with a powder, let's think about the eating experience. Like, if I'm cooking and enjoying vegetables, one, those vegetables have a lot of intact fiber and water content, and they physically fill me up. So I am physically full, which sends signals to my brain that say like, hey, things are going really well. This is a good meal. Mm -hmm. It's also got really slow digestion because the fiber has to be broken down. And that makes sure that your body has time within the GI tract to absorb the minerals and vitamins out that you need and store them. But if things are powdered and we're just drinking them, because I can't imagine anybody's chewing a powder, but if you're drinking them down, it's going through your GI tract really quick,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: so you're not absorbing most of it, you've lost most of the fiber, the intact fiber that's really helpful for GI health and and slowing down digestion, Um, and you've also missed out on some of that, like, enjoyment of the meal. I mean, if you wanted to add them to a smoothie because it makes you feel good, fine, and lo- as long as you don't have like kidney disease, renal disease, things and heart disease, things that really impact what vitamins and minerals you need to be mindful of, you know, live your best life. Your body's going to do its best to filter out what you need from that regardless. But the l- amount that you're going to be absorbing is way less. And you've missed out on an on on opportunity to be full
0: physically. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes sense. No, I, no, I, I. I've heard like you know, especially from like other podcasts or stuff like that, like oh you know, green this like, you know green powder you know with you know this company s- selling it and try it out. So I actually bought this like container of like the greens like greens that had like like twenty three you know vegetables in it or something like that, and it tasted like rabbit food or it was just absolutely disgusting. And I was like I had to, like like put in a whole bunch of cinnamon in it just to like actually get the taste tasted a little better. But yeah, I I stopped drinking. I just couldn't. I couldn't drink it. It was just so nasty. So i mean but like, and I've, I've a lot of people are like promoting this, like the powder, the green powders, and say like you know, you you know, you get all your vegetables like in this one serving, you know, and you're good for the rest of the day. And it's like no, not really. So what
1: I mean, think about if you don't have the veggies taking up that stomach space, what else are you filling it with? Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. It's like. My husband really likes to get the veggie pasta and he's like look on the back it says three to four servings of veggies on it and i was like okay so he's been trying to get me to let that be the vegetable of pasta night and it's just like like i get it people want that to be the thing because it's easy (laughs) you can eat more pasta or whatever yeah It just isn't the same.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so um, have you – what is, like, the craziest diet you've ever heard, heard of?
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, this is not a popular answer, I don't think. Keto. Keto is not – okay. Ugh, I'll try to not stay on my keto soapbox very long. So keto diets are a prescription diet for epilepsy. Pediatric epilepsy. So if you've got out-of-control pediatric epilepsy, yes, keto diet. Um, There's some applications for, like, uh, Alzheimer's and stuff, and that's great. Like, let's figure it out. Mm -hmm. But it is so – I've never seen a diet that says bacon and cheeseburgers and, like, fried eggs are okay and vegetables are not okay. And that be like – I can't believe it's taken off. I just cannot believe it um so yeah it's it's funny how like everybody really wanted cheeseburgers and donuts well not donuts but cheeseburgers and high fat stuff to be like the foods they could eat they made it work so um but other than that like the crazy um super low calorie extended fasting oh my gosh there's this story going around right now about this like really ripped dude and how he only eats, like, once per week. And that, I know, I don't, I'm like, first of all, we have not proven that that is true. Yeah. He's, he might say that, but I think what people forget is that he's probably got, like, a program to sell or a product to sell or a workout regime. And it's like, y'all, there's some ulterior ulterior motives, but that sure caught our, our like, it's in the headlines, right? It caught our attention. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, anything that just like cuts out an entire food group. I mean, like protein,
0: fat, carbs. Yeah. Where you're just like, no,
1: none of that. And it's like, you know, they all have a
0: purpose. Mm-hmm. Even low, like yeah. Sorry. Even even like low carb too. It's not the best diet for you, but there's a lot of people that like to do that too.
1: Oh, especially in the diabetes world, like they're. It, which is so funny. It's carbs are the easiest fuel source people are happy when they're eating carbs for a reason yeah and like I said I know you know vegan bodybuilders who are on 80 percent carbs and there's not an ounce of fat on them mm-hmm. and it's just like it's so contradictory that I think people have a hard time even accepting
0: that that can be true yeah but yeah carbs are magic yeah I, I'm a big fan of used eating carbs like after I work out because obviously it helps fuel the muscles and gets you know your muscles stronger and there's, like, even, even, like, a little bit before a workout, too. So, yeah. just, like, eat a, eat a little bit of carbs, and then after, eat a little bit of carbs, and then, like, you know, and a little bit in the morning, too, for breakfast. Because I eat this. For me, like you said like i I eat the same thing every single day almost, and like I don't get bored of it except for except for dinner time, so I eat like yeah. breakfast, like snack and lunch, same thing because it's easy, you know, I don't have to think about it, whatever, but like dinner time i'll just we'll we'll do like something out of the ordinary, which is find my meat so and like it just helps me with my blood sugar, but like I do like to have some carbs and carbs after work before and after working out, so I think it'd be a I think it's a great thing to do for me so
1: yeah, I mean, that's classic bodybuilding exercise one one right? Like you need energy to do the work. And then when you're done with the work, you have to replenish what you've burned, you know? So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the exact right way to do it. And I, I'm similar. Like I eat the same thing, the same breakfast, the same kinds of snacks, lunch and dinners are a little, they're kind of toss ups, but I'm a creature of habit too.
2: It's just, it makes it easy. Yeah. Um, It is really tough to work with people who want
1: a different thing every single day Mm
2: -hmm.
1: not for anything other than like i'm like you don't want to eat oatmeal every single day it's delicious yeah i don't know you know but um yeah i get it like people get bored with food but i'm easy i'm like you it's like well just eat it keep
0: going yeah it's funny because speaking of oatmeal there's there's a certain oatmeal that i make every single day so it's it's oatmeal cinnamon, I put two raw eggs in it, and then I then no hear me out hear me out and then I put a scoop of peanut butter in it, and then I put it in the microwave for two minutes to cook it and I eat and that okay. so yeah I don't eat the raw egg no I don't I don't don't do that, <laughs> but it like it's really fulfilling too now I'm doing egg whites because I don't do I don't I don't want to have like all the cholesterol because my cholesterol is a little up but, yeah I just do like the the egg whites you know like to, like two thirds cup of egg whites and milk, you know, almond, like, you know, oatmeal, cinnamon and peanut butter. I'm good to go. So so that's a, that's a good one you should try.
1: Oatmeal is, uh, well, I don't know that I'll do that. So my cholesterol and triglycerides are very, very high, which is funny because I don't eat any animal products. Mm -hmm. So I've been trying a very specific regimen to get them down. I'm going to get my blood work done in the next couple of months, see if it works. Um, I fully believe that it's going to work, but oatmeal is a big part of that. Yeah, not the egg part, but the oatmeal will be a really
0: big part of that. So, so what's the regimen you're doing?
1: Okay. So, um, and this is all based on research, not just like me making things up, but, um, lots of soluble fiber. So soluble, meaning it gets broken down and absorbed soluble fiber is the stuff that cleans out cholesterol, blood sugar, blah, blah, blah in the blood. So, um, lots of that brazil nuts every couple of days just one because brazil nuts are very high in selenium so you don't want to overdo it on them so i just have one every couple of days and then algae oil to get a lot of omega-3s which have been shown to be helpful um for triglycerides So Mm -hmm. lots of soluble fiber lots of veggies brazil nuts and algae oil am i doing anything else exercise
0: I don't know that's it but that's my regimen yeah that's that's cool that's interesting I've never heard of the Brazil nuts or the the algae oils so it's just a substitute for fish oil okay you know and
1: I'm not anti-fish oil but if I'm doing vegan plant based I want to see if that can be thing, you know, I'm trying to to test it out, but I've basically taken every, like, individualized triglyceride cholesterol study for vegans, and just taken all of them, and I'm doing all of it,
0: so we'll see if
1: I can get
0: everything down. Yeah, I'd love to learn a little bit more of that, like, later on, like, it actually did work for you, so.
1: Oh, if it works, it's going to be, I'm going to be so pumped to talk about it, just because, you know, you see these, like, claims, and it's always somebody you don't know, it's an ad. Like, people know me. that I don't make things up. I'm just a science person. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this would be an amazing opportunity to really share how powerful food can be. Like, nutrition can save your life. Let me show you how. I did it. Yeah. Um, if it doesn't work, I still believe that nutrition saves your life. I just have, like, genes that are really
0: overpowering everything. So... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um there i i wanted to talk a little bit more about diet. So the craziest diet that i've actually heard is called the Red Bull diet. Have you ever heard of that? Oh no.
2: <laughs>
0: this no. was like this this was like in the early 2000s and like or er, like late 90s. So they said that if you ever get hungry, you drink a Red Bull. Uh, and with the caff when with the caffeine it actually like helps you like curb your appetite. Well,
1: caffeine makes you think you've been given an energy source.
0: Yeah that's not sustainable did you you didn't do it no 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 i see see when i when i was young when i was younger my diet was like the i see the seafood diet i see food and i'll eat it and then like it was it was still going on like even in my like late 20s 30s and then like when i became a diabetic it was like more a little more structured like because my a1c was 11.5 when i first became a diabetic and it and i dropped it down in nine months to 5.8 that's Yes, and I would eat awesome. pa- and I would eat pancakes every time I was at the hospital too. So, <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: and it worked, but uh, but then like since like after that happened, I was eating like an a hole and just like you know eating more desserts and stuff like that. And I was I wasn't being as strict, as, like not strict, but I wasn't being more cautious than I usually was. Like when I first started, so I'm kind of working back to that now. So just like learn, just understanding more about diets and like macros, and you know just seeing what I can benefit from, you know, doing doing a, like a a certain diet or whatnot.
1: I mean, if I had to give you some unsolicited advice, it would be shoot. <laughs> it, vegetables. Like get your veggies in. You like your lean protein? Awesome. Try to make sure most things are unprocessed, right? Like the more whole foods the better. Mm-hmm. Seriously. If there's like even a question of where did this come from? How was this made? I can't even envision it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we can have that stuff sometimes, right? Like we got to live our lives, but ten to twenty percent of our food can come from these more, more like treat foods. Like we have pizza night every week at my house. Uh, you know, it's no big deal. But if I was having pizza every night like I did in college, yeah, it would be a very different story. Yep. I didn't eat any vegetables in college. I don't think I knew that vegetables existed until I was like twenty-five.
0: Yeah, I I really don't think I'd eat vegetables in college either, so No. It's like
1: how do I how do I have food to like buffer all the beer? That's all I'm worried about. <laughs> That's college life for me. I
0: yeah. don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, with with your diet programs, what have you seen with your clients that have been like a huge success for them? Uh you know, getting better, like like or endurance athletes or like anybody like losing weight wise?
1: Uh, well, two, those are two kind of different approaches, but um, always, always, always see um, improvements and um, progress with better quality. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a broken record about that, yeah. but um, I just started working with a guy last two weeks ago. He is type one, and he's dropped eight, eight maybe eight pounds. I mean... You know, on average, people are going to lose maybe a pound a week. It's been two weeks. And really just by asking him to just switch out the processed food for unprocessed for whole foods is not even 100%. He's already seeing amazing, amazing progress, which is great. Um, But, you know, the other way is more about like, I get a lot of people who've done kind of extreme diets where they're like, I only eat 1200 calories.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm sorry,
1: you're an endurance runner and you need 1,200 calories? No wonder you can't perform.
0: Yeah, that's insane. That's insane.
1: Well, we get this, like, I don't know where this 1,200 calorie number, I'm sure it was like a magazine or something, Mm -hmm. but women especially are like 1,200, that's what I do. It's like, girl, you need 2,000 for your training regimen. And, um, so a lot of times if you're an athlete and you're coming in and you're like, I'm tired, I've got low energy, I don't feel good. If your quality's there and a lot of runners do have good quality, it's usually about, we need to jack it up. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised how much your body can do once you're fueling it. Same thing with like toning, gaining muscle. It's like the house analogy again, like you wanted to gain muscle, but you're under eating where are the materials you're doing the work but there's no material yeah. so you know I don't know what you, you know and out of like a cellular level your body will break its own muscle down to repair that damaged muscle yeah but now you just got like two shoddy muscle repairs done and
0: mm-hmm. it's just kind
1: of like you're never gonna gain no what are you doing?
0: yeah
1: um, so long answer short to summarize it's like let me match your energy expenditure You know, and if you're trying to lose weight, we don't need to do extreme cutting out a thousand calories. We want to do maybe a nominal 500, maybe 250. But then the other side of that is like people always tend to jump to like diet foods to do that Mm -hmm. and that those diet foods don't take up any space in your stomach. And so you are starving until you can't take it anymore. And so I really focus on like, let's fill you up so you feel good, but we need to just change the types of foods that you're doing to physically fill you up. So yeah. once we kind of get that going, you're getting your right energy intake, your right calories. And then we just shift some of the quality
0: to be better. It's easy. It's so easy. Yeah. Cool. Time. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your thoughts on creatine or like other supplements to help, help people out?
1: I mean, there's some research showing they can improve, you know, performance recovery. I'm, I'm more of a whole foods first kind of person. Yeah. But if you're training, so like, okay, if you're training to a point training, like bodybuilding training, like athletics, it's not natural. It's awesome. I love it. It's not natural though. Right? So we can, when you're kind of doing things outside of like a normal human would be doing, then thinking about like the supplements. Adding things to your diet that are more concentrated, the isolates, that kind of stuff is like, yeah, that makes total sense. You're pushing your body way beyond what is a normal kind of healthy existence.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So let's try to fuel it appropriately. Um, I think that stuff is fine, but I think what people need to remember is that the supplement industry
0: is not regulated nope. like we think it is. No. Nope.
1: So <laughs> yeah. do
0: you really know? I don't. You know. Yeah, I, but, I actually, I actually talked about. I actually in my one of my podcasts I do. I, I did like earlier on. I talked about like knowing your supplements. I mean, mm-hmm. you got it like. Oh, there's a lot of them that have like the blue check mark on them, saying they get te- each batch gets tested. But there's other ones that still do, and they actually have a warning sign in the back saying, "Hey, you know, we've worked in this. Like, ca- in the California law says there could be lead, in the in the supplement. Oh, I haven't seen
1: the lead yet.
0: Yeah. So if you go to um, there's there's one called. uh, uh, what is it, uh, Doctor Doctor Hyde or Mister Hyde or something like that? It's by Prosup's and like it's in it's in Walmart. So that there's your first there's your first first reason. So, <laughs> but like, if you look in the back and look at the label on the right hand side of the label, it says could have you know lead in this.
1: That's not worth
0: it. No, no, and then yeah. So like if I if I do a pre workout, I just want to make like I make sure it has that blue check mark and just like if I read the label and stuff like that. So. But yeah, it's it's super dangerous.
1: Hey, as long as you I mean, reading the label's the first step for most stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like just just look at it. Yep. If you feel fine. or if you feel fine with it, okay, but if you don't understand it and you still feel fine with it. <laughs> like, that's what we need to talk about. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: It's I don't know. Supplement world is weird. I don't know that it's gonna change either. I feel like it's not on the like it's on no one's radar. Mm-hmm not right now I'm, I'm,
0: I'm just I'm just thinking like 20 like 10 to 20 years down the road where all oh, these God. people are taking it and they're like all of a sudden they're getting like these you know changes or like you know cancer or whatnot or like or you know something else and they're gonna realize oh maybe these guys have been taking supplements forever or like heart issues or whatnot I don't think
1: they're gonna put it together mm-hmm. like I don't think
0: that's gonna click for them yeah I don't know yeah. it, it it might yeah. it might it's-
1: I mean and you know and a lot of that stuff is Real tricky like I said there's a couple Of really chronic diseases That you gotta be watching Your nutrients renal disease any kidney Disease mm-hmm. is a huge one Yeah um, Same thing with heart disease and, uh, and liver Disease like that stuff will sneak up on you You don't even know you're hurting yourself But then, You know what the thing is it's all the Marketing that they do Oh yeah. They make it sound amazing they put it in a green Label for health quote unquote
0: yeah. Yep. Yep. And like the and even the muscle mags, they have these like huge jack dudes like flexing, and they're like, they probably don't even take the supplement. So. Right.
2: <laughs> they're all vegans, like. Yeah. So, <laughs> so. Yeah.
0: so um, your so your Instagram. We're gonna venture off to into the social media side, okay? So, um, your Instagram is Eat Well Underscore oh, underscore etl. etl. I'm sorry. So my apologies. And so, no, I, I, so I love, I love your page where you have like different foods that you take pictures of. So what inspired you to, to do that? And like, in, have you gotten any traction through that?
1: Well, my goal with the Instagram account was to show people that you can eat, um, plant based, vegan, vegetarian, and eat well when eating out, mm-hmm. because everyone's like, I don't know what I would eat. Uh, they only have big potatoes and salads. First of all, those are delicious, but yeah, it, like, we have a huge variety of food. So the whole account was just like, look at how amazing I'm eating. And I didn't realize until coronavirus hit, one, how much I went out, which is way too much. Uh, <laughs> but now I've just shifted it, because I, we don't go out, is I'm cooking a lot more which is fun Uh, but again the point is just to show you like vegan vegetarian eating is not what you think that it is if and let me just be honest like I didn't even think that like if you had told me about tofu when I was 20 years old I would have laughed in your face like the idea of eating that food was like disgusting and insane to me Mm -hmm. so the point is is like trying to increase awareness show you how good it can be how easy it can be even enjoy life um traction wise i've gotten a good organic growth from like 200 to maybe 360 now it's not a big account like <laughs> i'm not an influencer
0: but it's, it's okay i try yeah i mean the the the, the, feed, the your feed if, if you guys go on her instagram page her feed is like all these vegetarian foods these bowls plates soups and like anything and it, it, very, very colorful, very you know pleasing to look at. So you just definitely give it a give it a look. So, um, and so when you're doing those pictures, what are your type favorite types of food that you like to eat and post? I know it's like veg, vegan, and vegetarian, but like what what are you, what are your favorite foods out of that like space that you like to post or like to eat every day? Ooh, I mean, there's like the ugly
1: food that never gets posted that I love, like the oatmeal I eat every day. I eat some. <laughs> some ugly salads um, but you know if something's colorful especially while I'm cooking it because when you're cooking it releases all the color or if you like massage kale, cook spinach it turns bright green and so when it that happens it's fantastic to start to get those pictures then um, but you know and I do post some ugly looking food um, I just you know if it's good I'll try to share the recipe for the ugly stuff so you don't think I'm insane Yeah. Um, but the best pictures come from Atlanta restaurants, which, by the way, are phenomenal. Yes, we, yes. Atlanta restaurant scene is baller. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if there's good presentation.
0: Fan of mushrooms, right? Yeah, L- love them, you, love them. I just can't. Amazing. I can't do black olives or pickles. Me neither. I, it, the... I just can't do it. it p- pickles are gross, and black olives. I just, I just can't do it either. I don't know what it is or any olives. I just can't. I just can't do it. So I'm with
1: you. Which is weird. I didn't. Even, those foods didn't even register in my mind as things to include. Like, <laughs> like, those don't exist. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's maybe the acidity, but I like vinegar. So
0: I don't, I don't
1: know, but I'm
0: with you. Yeah. Those are gross. Those are
1: like sneaky foods, but the rest of the stuff is
0: amazing. Yeah. a good potato. Ah, onions. Anyway, yeah, it's all magic. Yeah. So like, so what do you do now for, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about diabetes. So how do you manage your blood sugars now? Do you use, do you still have a pump or what do you use now?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got um, Omnipod, which is the pump. It's got no tubing, which is awesome because I work out a lot and I was just tired of disconnecting. Um, And right now I'm in a research trial for a closed loop system for Omnipod with Dexcom, much
2: like the Tandem pump does, the T-Slim. They sync with Dexcom right now to make decisions for you. And so
1: I'm testing out the Dex, excuse me, the Omnipod version of that. So I've got a Dexcom CGM and um, an Omnipod, and the research study has been paused because of coronavirus, but um, we're starting it back up in June, hopefully, so, you know, as far as management goes, I run, I trend low, and I run very low, so the CGM is the thing that really helps me out the most, because Mm. I set it to alert me before the low happens so like I hit 70 that's too low for me so I'm already treating and I've never
0: dropped to the 40s, 50s I've been in the 10s before yeah me too you know it's like I just can't I don't want to get there anymore yeah no I hear you I hear you so awesome so um, where can people reach out to you like through social media or any place else or if they want to like you know talk to you for any advice or maybe be one of your new clients yeah I mean
1: Instagram's fine, you know, or if they wanted to, like, see my website, see what we offer, I have my email on there and, um, a couple of submission forms if you want to say, hey, so my website is eatwellatl.com, and that's it, and there's my whole background, contact info, um, but like I said, Instagram's good too, I'm on all, like, I'm that person that if you text me
0: or message me, I respond right away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's true, that's true, so. <laughs>
1: yeah so that's the any of those ways are fine by me
0: alright awesome All right, so the last question is what would you say to a person that just became a new diabetic
1: oh well this just happened to my cousin um what I what I have said and what I do say because I am plugged into the community is like well I always say I'm sorry you're here but it's a good group and we're gonna help you it's it's gonna be fine, like you'll be fine, you're gonna mess up. That's the other big thing to remember is like, you are gonna do everything right and diabetes is going to trump you that day. Mm-hmm. It just is what it is. It doesn't mean anything about you, it, it just happens. Um, so, you know, you just kind of have to accept that and and keep going on, like go, keep going through the motions. Um, and just try to make sure people know. And I think especially if you're younger when you're diagnosed there's a lot of grief most of the older people I know that have been diagnosed don't have that kind of grief that maybe the teens like I went through, but um, just trying to make sure that they know that you're a safe spot if we need to like cry it out, mm-hmm. be mad about it, you know, it's all good. Um, just reminding them life will get back to normal, I guess, is the strongest part.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Well, Brittany, thank you very much for being on the podcast. It truly means a lot that... We finally connected again after the first time yeah. we met. So, <laughs> and you know, learning a little bit about like you know diets and everything, and I really do appreciate it. And I would love to, you know, get you back on about your triglycerides and see if yes. that that worked. So I love love to have you back on. So once again, thank you very much for doing this. No
1: problem, my pleasure.
0: Thank you. All right, well, have a good one. Thanks. <laughs>